It's all good, it's okay. Sometimes we make mistakes here and there. We regret the choices that we made. Luckily, we get to break and reap the benefits of decisions. We decide by chance or enlightenment. By one step at a time, we'll conquer this. Talk it over, vocalize, discuss our problems. The solution resides sometimes in conversation. We had someone packing this baggage is advantageous. These here are our choices. Sometimes we can't avoid it, but at times we enjoy it. Other times we're up with these choices. Hey, 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 what's going on, everybody? This is your girl, Ween, and you are tuned into the Choices Podcast. Be sure to check that follow or subscribe button if you haven't done so already so that you're notified about all the latest episodes. I love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so send me a message. My special guest is none other than my dear brother, Marvin Burton. Marvin is a member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, Director of Education for Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, District of Columbia, Middle school teacher conducting instruction in music, science, and history. Vocal instructor, CEO, and founder of Infinite Dimensions Entertainment. A musician whose forming and directorial background has allowed him to open, record, and compose for national artists and directors like Shirley Caesar, Jackson Caesar, Tis the Season, Tony Small, Truth the Musical, Danya Dallas-Lewis, Miracles, Carol Singh, Sean Sarvis, Lee Williams, and the Spiritual QCs, Canton Spirituals, and many more. I mean, you got a lot going on, my friend. I don't even know if I covered it all. Say what's up to the people. Mm-hmm. What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> so in our conversation today, I wanted to gain your perspective of the current status of the educational system and where you think it's headed. Teachers are walking out of the classroom. They're on strike. The administration doesn't seem to hear the teachers' needs or concerns, and the students take the brunt of it all. Is this the reality of the situation, or is this a narrative that's being sold? So right now we are in, it's not even post-pandemic, we're still in the pandemic. Right. So we have to consider that. But we also have to consider there was issues before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so the reality before the pandemic is that teachers are universally or nationally underpaid in comparison to other countries that take education serious. We have to also keep in mind that in the American educational system, the construct was not for everyone. It was for those that had money, wealth, land, et cetera, to continue to understand and learn political, economic, and social forms of systems. So it wasn't for poor wasn't for African American. Mm-hmm. It wasn't for minorities. We have to also know that pre-COVID, the situation was dire for education uh, when it comes to the value of teachers mm-hmm. in, in comparison to other countries. The Philippines, for example, teachers are like doctors wow. um, when it comes to the culture and the acceptance of students. That value is not money. It's not attached to financial. It's just the respect that you get. Mm-hmm. So the United States has a lot to do when it comes to educational systems and the valuing of its teachers pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. So now we're in a pandemic. Right. So some of those things are like a constant pimple, right? Mm-hmm. It, it constantly keeps coming in the same spot. It's the same issue. You need to solve the issue. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, yes, it is something that is a problem, but it was a problem before the pandemic and is now a problem that will actually increase because of the pandemic. Right. Yeah. So I know with the strike and the reason that teachers are leaving is because 
they feel that they're not being paid what they're due because of not only are they teaching, but I'm sure there are other responsibilities that are tacked upon them too because of shortages of staff and everything else. So for people who say, well, why did you go into teaching? You know, it didn't pay anything. What would be your response to that? Well, first and foremost, most teachers don't go into teaching because they want to teach. Mm -hmm. Remember that the content area, for instance, I'm a musician from heart. So I went to college. I went to school for music, performing, business, technology, et cetera. So I got into teaching because I needed a job. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? So because, you know, being a musician every day can be a different dollar. Right. So teaching added that consistency Mm -hmm. that being a musician didn't. But my content area was music. And so with being a teacher, I'm I'm not thinking I have to go into it being a social worker. Mm. I'm not thinking I have to be a counselor. I have to be a mediator uh, between individuals that don't see eye to eye, students that don't see eye to eye. I didn't go into it thinking I would have to do massive amounts of paperwork Mm -hmm. to ensure that a student is in the proper place or getting the proper curriculum. So I became a teacher out of survival mode. I have a wonderful talent. I know the ins and outs about music. Let me teach. Let me teach it to other students. Let Mm -hmm. me give the nuggets of information that I have to other students. And then you get into it. It's like, well, no, first you need to take this class and that class. And you need to take a reading class so that you can teach about music. And it's like, well, no, I just want to teach about music. And it's like. (laughs) No, you need to teach about reading. Mm-hmm. And you don't learn that later on. And, you know, now that it's been it's been 17 years, mm-hmm. getting old, but it's 17 years of teaching. Now you discover, OK, yeah, reading matters. So mm-hmm. I, I needed to go to that class to understand that they need to read the material. They need to know how to pull information from the text. But when I'm first getting in it, it's like, no, I know about music. Right. I can teach them everything I know. Mm-hmm. Why does the how teaching them matter? Mm-hmm. Why does that matter? And so with teaching, most people get into teaching because they have a heart for their content. Mm. If I'm, for instance, a mathematician, I went to school and I took 18,000 math classes and I know math back, front, up and down. And I got a bachelor's degree in it, mm-hmm. or I get a master's degree in it. Even if I get a doctorate in it, I am the quintessential mathematician. I can teach you how to add and subtract just like that. But you tell me I have to take remedial classes and just teaching. Mm-hmm. What does that do to your psyche? Mm-hmm. It puts you in survival mode. Yeah. So in order for me to teach, I have to learn how to teach. And it's not, you know, teachers are deserving of more than that. Mm -hmm. I didn't get into teaching because I didn't know my content. It's because I needed, it was a fiber mode. I needed a constant check. And then once that check was like, okay, now I got a kid. Mm -hmm. This ain't enough money to pay for this kid. (laughs) Then it gets into that next step. So I believe it's best if individuals think of teaching and compare it to being a doctor. Mm -hmm. Now I know doctors are life and death, right? Right. So If you think of teaching as that doctor who is life or death Mm -hmm. wouldn't be in their place if they weren't taught first. Mm -hmm. If we Mm -hmm. start thinking of teaching as the foundation for 
everything that goes on in this country, mm-hmm. I think people would value teaching a bit more. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, oh, he's just a teacher or oh, she's just a teacher. Right. But you forget that we teach every working individual mm-hmm. in this country. Mm-hmm. So your doctors were taught by a teacher. Right. Your lawyers were taught by a teacher. Every single politician that decides that education shouldn't get funded was taught by, by a teacher. teacher. Yep. So I think that that's when things start changing. Mm-hmm. So it was out of survival mode. I need a job. This job is paying me. I'm single and I'm good and I can get 40 G's. That's great. 40,000 is a lot of money. Look, I came from the hood. Mm-hmm. So 40,000 is a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> but once you add a kid to that, there's not nah. a lot. <laughs> once you get married, nah, Slim. What? Cost of living go up? Right. Inflation? Nah, that money ain't nothing. So yeah, we, we have to change how we think of teachers. Teachers are mostly working through survival mode. Mm. So do you ever move from survival mode to, I don't know, cruise control to the point where you're just like, okay, I got in it because it's survival mode, but I see the changes and the impact I'm having in the students that I'm teaching. So, okay, I'll stick around for a little longer. Although I'm not getting what I'm due, I see this as being more important. Right. Look, they're not paying us, me and you, for this advertisement. But Abbott Elementary is perfect <laughs> example of what happens. Mm-hmm. The guy on there that's from Everybody Hates Chris mm-hmm. is a substitute that is starting to understand. I don't know if everybody's watching it, but anyway, he starts to understand that the kids like him. And it's like, oh, the kids like me. So I'm not just a substitute. So, no, you're a substitute that the kids like. Right. <laughs> and then the next episode, he's like, not only are you a substitute that the kids like, but you actually know how to teach. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. So maybe I'll keep doing this. And then you keep doing it and you might go take a class here and there. Right. And it's like, oh, OK, so the kids like me. I can teach. And now I get certified. So now I'm certified to teach. Mm-hmm. So now the people that own my check believe I can teach. So that's how it works for teaching. Mm -hmm. It's just like you go through these Mm -hmm. steps (laughs) and you're like, okay, I guess I'll stay around for another two years. Like two to three years of a transition. It's like going through these steps. And so you turn around, it's like, okay, I'm definitely not a substitute no more. Mm -hmm. I've been teaching for eight years. (laughs) Time just goes like that. It goes like that. I got kids coming back to see me, mm-hmm. thanking me for what I've done mm-hmm. as a substitute. I was a substitute. Wow. Then. So for me, my personal journey, I was a teacher in D.C. I was teaching music in D.C. I knew the content, mm-hmm. but I wasn't a teacher. I wasn't a certified teacher mm-hmm. in their eyes. So mm-hmm. I wasn't certified from D.C. I didn't pass practice one. Then pass practice two. I didn't have the teaching like go to a class that was specific about how to teach. But that two and a half years went so quick. Mm-hmm. I was teaching kids. They was doing concerts. They were singing. They was dancing. People were like, you're not certified? No, but I know music. Right. So like when I get your child, I can teach them how to sing. Right. So it's just like 
you go from that to the next three, four years, you move to another county because they get rid of the arts program. Mm. And you say, okay, I'm in this now. I need to get certified. Mm -hmm. I have a job. You get certified and then they're like, oh, now you can teach. But it won't be music. Of course not. Right. <laughs> of course, it it's won't be music. what I want to teach. Right. No, 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 no. You can teach. You went to the classes, so we need you to teach something totally different. Mm. And it's like, okay, you try it for a year, and it works. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, I can do this for another year, but this is not my content. This feels weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, guys, I'm teaching English. And I have not studied literature since the first two years of college, right? <laughs> it was a requirement. You know, right? It was a requirement. <laughs> but you got me teaching American English lit. And now you have the audacity to tell me I got to teach British lit. <laughs> Shakespeare. Wow. How many black people like Shakespeare? <laughs> I'm sorry. If black people are listening right now, I'm sure Shakespeare is your dude. But... It wasn't for me. The closest thing to Shakespeare was Rakim for me. Okay. <laughs> so it's like these steps that they take you through. Mm-hmm. So once you're in it for survival mode and you last the first two years, it's now, okay, the kids like me, so I'll stay in it. It's a nice little check. I don't have any family to support. But then you keep moving and you move through the system. It's a system. It really is a system. It's like a, I don't want to say it's a trap, but it's like a maze. You know, mm. once you're in the maze, you either get out the maze or you just, you know, sit in, what, you're going to sit in the middle of the maze? No, right. no, you're going to keep, keep moving. Try, go. Right. Right. So that's what happens. So you mentioned that you were subbing, but when you first started out and that you had students to come back to visit you, are there still those students teacher relationships still happening in the schools now? I'm old as crap. This joint is really crazy. So I get students that have babies now. Wow. I get students who have children that I'm teaching. I get teachers that are teaching that I taught. Wow. I get students who are artists and professional painters and professional musicians Grammy-winning musicians. I get phone calls for individuals who are trying to adulting. Mm -hmm. Like, I trust you to give me advice. I get all of that. I get all of that now. It is scary (laughs) because I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. But for individuals to believe in what I would tell them to be at least a positive move forward, it's a great feeling. And I think that's what can't be paid for. Mm-hmm. You know? Invaluable. It's invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. Do you witness that with other teachers at the school that you're at or schools that you've been at? Absolutely. There's some teachers that are older than me that are like, yeah, I got <laughs> people have brought their grandbabies. And like, you know, in six years, you're going to, and they're looking at them like, Girl, I'm about to retire. I ain't got time for that. <laughs> you tripping. Your baby will be taught by somebody. Right. Thank you. But yeah, I learned from a lot of senior people. I don't know if it was a special time for me. Mm-hmm. My timing was perfect for me. 
I've had principals who are directors now mm-hmm. of the county. I've had teachers who are over curriculum and instruction mm-hmm. to mentor me. It was like perfect time. Mm-hmm. I was working with these individuals who were quintessential examples of how teaching and administrating should go. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I think that makes it a bit unnerving for those that are coming into the system, administrators that come into the system that are either younger than me or just got into the system. But it's like, no, I mean, just because I was taught by those people don't mean I'm going to be against what you're trying to right. do. But it was perfect timing for me. It was unfortunate. I'm not going to lie. I've been unemployed. I think D.C., when I was in grad school, I was teaching in D.C. Before I graduated from George Mason, <laughs> before I graduated from George Mason, I was unemployed. I was using an unemployment check, pay my bills because D.C. had closed down all the arts programs. And so I had to find a job. And so it's unnerving mm-hmm. that teachers have to go through that. You know, it's unnerving. It was unnerving, but it's beneficial because like everything else in my life, a struggle only pushes you forward. Mm-hmm. That's it. It feels like you're getting pushed back. Right. No, no, no. You're learning what not to do. You're learning. Okay, that doesn't work. It's like touching the oven. It's hot. But you learn that an oven is hot. So mm-hmm. you learn how to cook. Mm-hmm. You know, it moves you forward. Right. As long as you're listening and you're paying attention to what you're being taught so that you don't repeat the same process. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with the new teachers that are coming in, I know pretty sure instruction that's being taught is Mm -hmm. slightly different than, I guess, what you could say the old school has been doing. So how does that work amongst the staff? Like, I'm sure several different teaching dynamics going on. Let me tell you, don't nobody know what's going on. Everybody, (laughs) let me tell you, everybody's confused. Okay. Constant change happens. I think that's Einstein, right? Mm -hmm. Einstein said that there's always constant change. The education system ain't for black people. It's just not. It's never been made for black people. We were told you shouldn't read. Mm -hmm. You should listen to the master. You shouldn't question. And just going about your business and life within that construct. And so now that we're serving mostly minority groups, mm. people are scared. And I say by people, I mean people that are minorities. Mm-hmm. Okay, Wink, wink. I won't say exactly who those people are, but they know who they are. And they're scared because now the educational system has to start catering to minority groups. It has to start catering to people with deferring religions. It has to start catering to people with deferring beliefs. Mm -hmm. And it's scary. And even with the multiple intelligences, audible learners, visual learners, musical learners, spatial learners, etc. We've always been trying to learn how to teach those different people. Right. So now you lump on top of that. Technology. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I'm scared. Let's go back to pre-COVID. Nah, right. 
Ain't no going back. <laughs> COVID has taught us two things. One, all students do not need teachers. There are some students that do not need direct teaching. Mm-hmm. They always need a teacher. There's always somebody teaching you. If right. it's Alexa or <laughs> Siri, it doesn't matter. Or a program they're, on TV. That right, they can, they're yeah, teaching you. Something. You're, you're getting taught by somebody, okay? The drug dealer is teaching somebody. <laughs> However, you don't need that direct teaching. Mm-hmm. Not everybody needs that direct teaching. Number two, technology is going nowhere. You're not going to get rid of it. It's not going to disappear tomorrow. Students know how to use this technology. Get with it. Mm -hmm. What's happening is there are certain people that are pulling us to pre-COVID. It's like, okay, let's try to get back to normal. What does that even mean? Right. After a war, do people just say, okay, guys, let's get back to normal. All the buildings have crashed and (laughs) <laughs> been demolished. Just and come back together. Start, yeah, let's just <laughs> let's just go back to normal. Everything is fine. It's a figment of your imagination. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Consume what has happened. What has happened is we're in a technical age. We've been in a technical age for a decade now, mm-hmm. really. The students have already been learning in a different way. Mm-hmm. School systems are trying to catch up. They're trying to catch up. When people who have been progressive have been telling you, you need to change how you teach. Mm -hmm. These interactive platforms that we use have been around for at least a decade. Google, Google Classroom or Google Meets and Google Drive. That's not two years ago. Google's been around for I don't know how long. Microsoft's been around for I don't know how long. Apple has been around for I don't know how long Mm -hmm. for all these platforms. Why do you want to go back to normal? Right. When I can get... Little Tommy, the information in two seconds. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, I am hating a little bit because I don't know about you, but I had the Britannica series. (laughs) Three of those jokes. (laughs) 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 And about four Webster dictionaries and thesauruses. And I know alphabetical order like the back of my hand, right? (laughs) Our kids don't learn like that. No. They don't learn like that. You put a dictionary in front of our kid. Right now, I want everybody that's listening. If your babies are up, I want you to put a dictionary in front of them. If you got one in the house, because you probably don't even have one in the house, put a dictionary in front of them. Tell them to look up the word ecosystem right now. I bet you they're going to look at you like, what? How do I find it? What do you mean? It's a book. Open it. It's in it. They're going to look at you like, what if the word's not in it? Which happened, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Mm-hmm. We went to one dictionary and the word wasn't in there. So mm-hmm. we had to go to what? Another dictionary. Mm-hmm. Or you had to call your auntie and was like, auntie, you're the smartest one in the family. Tell me what ecosystem means, right? Right. right. For the kids, no. Google search. I put ecosystem. Just, you have to tell me how to spell it. You see how it works? Yeah. Tell me how to spell it. Oh, you know what? I don't need you to tell me how to spell it either. I hit the microphone and I, I say see- ecosystem. <laughs> and it pops up. Mm-hmm. So why would I want to go back? to going through 15 million editions of Britannica that doesn't really encompass the entire world. Right. When the internet encompasses the entire world. Mm-hmm. So we're being pulled back for some odd reason. So you got that one group that's trying to pull us back to pre-pandemic 
thinking that was still behind. Mm-hmm. And then you got another group that's like, no, let's move forward. Right. Let's virtual university for students that do not need direct teaching. Let them log on to virtual. Mm-hmm. Let them learn how to do things virtually. Global market. Let them talk to somebody in China. Keep it moving. For those that need direct learning, they need to come into the building. But the school systems are scared about that. They're yeah. scared to do that because that takes from money. So mm-hmm. you don't make money when a student is not walking in a building. You don't make money. The student is not using your resources. Mm-hmm. The student is not eating from the cafeteria. The student is not utilizing transportation. So that means that taxpayer money has to go somewhere. And that means that you're not getting federal funding because that's another student that's not going into the building. Wow. So last year when all the kids were home virtual learning, that hit him in the pocket really, really hard. It hit him in the pocket when it comes to federal funding. Okay. So if you don't have students going into the building, the federal government says, okay, well, you don't need certain funding. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. But you're also saving money. Right. So I don't understand. Right. Like, you know, as a county, as a state, you're saving money when students aren't going to. Mm-hmm. So what we did was we started this narrative. Oh, students aren't learning. Okay, what data you have? Because y'all weren't tested. Right. So are y'all mm-hmm. just saying this? Mm-hmm. Is this just talking? Mm-hmm. What test did y'all give the kids to see if they were actually meeting the mark? Right. Well, no test going on during COVID. They no. were all quarantined. You weren't testing the kids. So... How did you come up with this narrative? And it's the narrative to keep kids in the building. Because really, to be honest with you, there are kids that need direct teaching. Mm-hmm. But education is supposed to meet people where they are. Right. And not every kid. Tra- Shout out to my son. Trey was killing. God dang. I think he got one B while we was quarantined. Mm-hmm. Virtual was perfect. He even asked, Dad, can I do virtual? I just want to do virtual class. I don't want to be around. <laughs> like, you know, he's Serena by heart. But uh, he's like, I don't want to be around the other people. I got like, to. I ain't got to. <laughs> like, it's home-cooked meals. And who wants to eat cafeteria food with my mama's food in here? So, yeah, we just, we got to be fearless mm-hmm. and do what the kids need. Right. Not what we feel is politically correct or socioeconomically correct. And it's an abrupt change. Mm-hmm. So nobody was ready for that abrupt change. Yeah, for they sure. Weren't. Because initially it was like, what, I think a couple weeks. It was like, everyone's out. And then that couple weeks went by and they're like, okay, school year's done. It's done. And then when the school year started again, everybody's virtual. Virtual. And I think it got to the point where parents was like, they need to go back. They got to get out of here. And so the school's like, okay, we'll set it up so that the kids can come in who want to come in and the other ones can stay. But they limited the ones that was virtual. You're right. Yeah. And so I'm like, why? Yeah. When legally, for instance, I think it's 11 or 12. I don't know what it is for Virginia, but our kids can stay home at a certain age. Right. And it's like, if I have access to education without little Bobby, who likes to pick on people, getting on my nerves in class, I'm going to choose home. Mm-hmm. I would rather be home than dealing with other students who would interfere with my education. Yeah. But it makes sense. It makes sense. 
And I think people are scared. They're afraid of change, but that has historically been the problem. We're yeah, scared of change. but it's going to happen. Whether you want it to or not, the change Absolutely. is going to happen. Absolutely. So you either have to accept it or you're just going to get pushed out of the way mm-hmm. when it happens. So the choice is yours. What's the test score saying? Before COVID, were kids accelerated or doing awesome job in science? Mm. No. Technology? Nope. Mm-hmm. Math? Nope. And the United States is in the middle of the pack when it comes to other civilized mm-hmm. nations. So why are we lying to ourselves saying, oh, COVID did it right? The- <laughs> no, it wasn't old paradigm shift because of COVID. No, our kids was always sucking it. Well, I say our kids because everybody's kids is my kids. But no, they were doing terrible in math. They mm-hmm. were doing terrible in math. Yes. And it seems like forward. it's been like that since we were in school. Yeah. Like I remember, remember how they were, right? yeah, I remember how they would compare us to other countries. They were yep. like, we're so far behind and blah, blah. But what are you doing to fix the gap? Yes. Like it seems like we're still doing the same thing that we were doing when I was in school. And that was many moons ago. We are. But it's just like, I mean, like you said earlier, you're going to have to move with the times. Absolutely. And the times right now, are focused heavily on technology. Yes. And the kids know technology, so why yes. not use it to your advantage? Yes. I agree with you. You should be a spokesperson. <laughs> you got it. We need more parents to, to talk like that. That's exactly what it needs to be. So I know, you know, we've talked about the schools and the kids going to school. Are there conversations that are had amongst like the teachers and the students or the administrators and the students about like next steps? Are they throughout the school, you know, the different school years or do they wait until like their junior, senior year and be like, so what do you have planned? A revolutionist at heart. Like I said, the system is not made for us minorities, Mm -hmm. but we've been able to navigate through it. I think there is a philosophy that's being pushed around in the last five years or to keep minorities from going to post-secondary education. Mm. And that statement is, well, school's not for everyone. Oh, yeah, I've heard that. Right? Yeah. Here's the thing. There has been a substantial increase in African-Americans and minorities going to college. That is scary to some people. Mm. Because if you get more African-Americans and minorities to go to school and finish school, what will happen is they will get the jobs that change the world. And if they get the jobs that change the world, then some other people will not be able to influence the world Mm -hmm. like they've done in the past. So I say this. I don't say school is not for everybody. What I say is universities and colleges are not for everybody. But education is for everyone. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're flipping burgers at McDonald's. You will be taught by someone. You will be educated by someone. You will have to take a note. You will have to learn something. You have to memorize something. Mm-hmm. You will have to be your best self for someone. I don't even care if you're not flipping burgers at McDonald's. But you are learning the street life. Mm -hmm. Someone is going to be your teacher. Someone is going to be educating you. 
And so what we need to continue to tell all kids is that education is a lifetime thing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't stop because you got to the 12th grade and you threw your cap and gown. Right. Your cap in the air. Right. If you're throwing your gown in there, we got to. Well, (laughs) just a cap. (laughs) Right. Just a cap. (laughs) If you are a student, you're going to be learning forever. Mm hmm. And everyone needs to know that. So with that, I want as many African-Americans and minorities to fill the universities and colleges to take over. I don't care if you go to HBCU, you go to a PWI, you need to be going to the college campuses. Stop thinking about the loans. Mm. Stop thinking about fun. They want you to think about it. They want you to say, oh, it's too much. Right. They want you to say, Oh, I don't want a whole bunch of student loan. Do you think a doctor thinks about that? <laughs> don't no doctor think about that. Yeah. Don't no lawyer think about that. Yep. You know, the politicians don't think about that. They probably owe as much student loan as we owe. Mm-hmm. They don't think about that. Why don't they think about that? Because it's about you being an influential part of the community, of the world, of the city that you're in. Them student loans, if you die... Let me tell you what happens to student loans when you die. They can try if they like to put it on somebody else, one of your other family members, mm-hmm. but it won't work. Okay. When you die, them student loans die with you. Okay. Bye. <laughs> They're not going to charge your children for your student loans because mm-hmm. it's your student loan. Right. You're gone. <laughs> so do me a favor and stop using it as an excuse mm-hmm. not to excel. A mechanic is the same as a mechanical engineer. Mm. It's the same. Mm -hmm. You can either go to college and become a mechanical engineer, or you can go to the military and become a mechanical engineer. Mm -hmm. Or you cannot go to either one and go to a trade school Mm -hmm. and become Mm -hmm. a mechanical engineer. Mm -hmm. It is the same job just taught in three different ways. Mm -hmm. Cosmetologists. You all are nothing but chemists. It is a science thing. Don't be burning my hair out because you don't know how to mix stuff. (laughs) Right? (laughs) You you want my hair to be purple and it's mint green. There is a problem. Okay? You don't have the science down pat. You don't know how to mix things. So it's all about how you look. It's the perception. Mm -hmm. It's the perception. An engineer that works for the military that's on airplanes. You can go to the military for that, or you can go to school for that. Mm -hmm. It's just, I was a musician. I didn't have to go to school for being a musician. I went to school so that I can learn and I can do multiple things in musicianship. But I didn't have to go to school for it, but I did have to learn. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get around it. Yeah. If you want that money, you're going to have to learn from someone. Mm -hmm. So that's the step that I tell kids. I tell every kid that. You want to be something, you want to be a basketball player, that's awesome. It takes nothing to be a basketball player. Anybody can throw something in the hoop. However, it takes a lot to be a great basketball mm-hmm. player. You have to listen to somebody. Right. Somebody got to teach you. Mm-hmm. A coach ain't nothing but a teacher. Mm-hmm. So oh, it doesn't matter what we're doing. Education is taught. And that's what I tell kids when they're moving up the steps. I love the fact that you brought up trade school, but because that isn't mentioned often. Usually everyone's pushing college and university. And like you said, some kids just don't fit in that particular setting. Whereas they go to a trade school, 
and they can decide on what they want to study, what they want to focus on. The class sizes are a lot smaller. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so they they feel more comfortable in the setting that they're in. And in addition to trade school, like some kids just have these awesome talents. You know, I don't know. It could be writing. It could be painting. It could be design. It could be anything where they could pretty much create their own business Mm -hmm. or run their own businesses. But like you said, you still have to be taught how to do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, some people just have that that instinct where they can do things, you know, without thinking. But Mm -hmm. you still have to be taught certain processes and strategies in order to be successful. Mm -hmm. There's always somebody. For instance, uh, I use one of my favorite guys that I look at, not for his contracts, because clearly we can get into a whole conversation. If you're listening, Diddy, I appreciate you, brother, and we can work together. But when I was younger, I looked up to P. Diddy, Mm -hmm. right? And so he went to Howard for a little minute, Mm -hmm. but he went into the industry. And when he went into the industry, there are people that he will say right now were his mentors. Mm-hmm. What's a mentor? A mentor is a teacher. teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all it is. A mentor is a teacher. Somebody that you trusted to tell you, uh-uh, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, that's it. Do that. And so if trade school is what you want to do, let me be clear. A plumber. My dad was a construction worker. He put big, huge water pipes into buildings so that people had water. Mm -hmm. Okay. My dad went to Dell State for two years. And then he had me, his awesome gift. Mm -hmm. Right. My dad could have accessed the same information that he accessed in construction at Delaware State by just switching his major or whatever we have. Mm -hmm. It is essential that people know it really comes down to you, what you want. Mm -hmm. You can have small class sizes and go to a university. Mm -hmm. You just can't pick a state university (laughs) and think you're going to get 10 people in the class. (laughs) You have to go to a private university Mm -hmm. where small groups. You can access one-on-one with your teacher. You have to learn what their office hours are Mm -hmm. and you have to go during that office time and be there and actually learn. That's your Mm one-on-one. You can have hands-on learning, which I hear about the kids always say, I want my hands-on, you know, universities, you got to go through math and science and blah, 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 blah. But I want hands-on. You can have hands-on learning before you get to a trade school. Mm -hmm. Guess what you got to do? You got to volunteer. Yeah. I worked at Habitat for Humanity while I was in college and learned everything about construction. I didn't want construction wasn't what I wanted to do, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to serve people. And I wanted to know how to hook when I get my house, which I have now. Thank God. Mm -hmm. I don't have to call people to fix my house up. Yeah. So it's all about the person. Mm -hmm. It's all about the person. And once again, the lifelong learning. Mm-hmm. You have to be open to learning. If you want to get it, you can get it. Entrepreneurship. People's like, we need to tell our kids they can just start their business. Stop lying to these kids. Yeah, I don't. As a businessman, it's no joke. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to sacrifice what you're doing. 
if you're not going to sacrifice what you're doing and put all in money, time and energy into your business, you're in the business is not going to survive. Mm-hmm. I don't care. You could have something that six billion people need. But if you don't put the time in to market it, to put it where it needs to go so people can see it, mm-hmm. it's not going to be seen. So even entrepreneurship, you need somebody that can keep stay on your behind right. to say, hey, you need to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, so people use the university like it's all oh, it's so big and monstrous as a I'm not going. That's not for me. No, you need to think about what is for you. Mm-hmm. You're too much thinking about what's not for you. What is for you? Mm-hmm. There is a university that fits that need. There right. is a trade school that fits that need. Mm-hmm. There is a school. There is a person. There's artisans. There is internships that fit that need. You need to figure out what you want right. and what you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. So it would be extremely beneficial if schools created classes that help students work through that process. Mm. They're, they're there. AVID is one, Mm. but AVID needs to be done correctly. And so states have to make sure that they do AVID correctly. AVID is, I don't, I forgot what what it stands for, but AVID is the, basically a college readiness course. Mm -hmm. It gets first generation students ready for college. Mm -hmm. AVID is another program. There are schools in everybody's districts or counties that specifically are for science and technology or especially school for creative arts, there are schools that you can go for, but you have to audition for those. Mm-hmm. You have to, once again, sacrifice time and energy to practice your craft and show forth that you need it. There's business branches. Uh, there are schools that have business. It really comes down to the student. It comes mm-hmm. down to the student and the parents saying, this is what you want to do. Okay, I'm willing to look further than my district, further than my county, or look in your county and figure out what they need, what they need. It really comes down to that. I've seen so many kids come to me like, Mr. Burke, I don't really want to go to college. Why? Well, because college ain't for me. How many colleges did you look at? Mm -hmm. Two. Baby, do you, excuse me, what, are you serious? You only looked at two schools? Right. Like, how do you know? Mm-hmm. And did How, you visit them? Did you visit them? Yeah. Did you research more schools? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to go. And it starts getting into mm-hmm. this preference. Like, well, I don't want to go too far out of state. That's you. Mm-hmm. That's your preference then. But if you want to do this, you might have to go further than your state. Right. You might have to. I am currently as a father getting myself prepared for my middle child to tell me, I want to go to France to go to school because he's on his third language. And it seems as though he's moving towards international study. Mm. I have to get myself ready as a parent (laughs) for that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I got to trust the system and allow my son to branch out. But that's what he wants. You got to know what you want. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times our students don't know what they want because they haven't been exposed Mm -hmm. to enough Mm -hmm. Our parents have to expose them to enough. I got kids that have never been to D.C. You've never been to D.C. and it's like five minutes away. Mm -hmm. You've never went to a museum. You've never gone to the National Mall. You've never seen the White House. 
you're five minutes away. So exposure is so important. That's what it comes down to. And you can't limit yourself. We put ourselves in these little holes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As a people, we do that. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like the parents rely on the school to do a lot of that exposure. Everything. Yeah. To do everything. <laughs> everything. And I love my parents to death. And I've worked with a bunch of parents. But yes, the school system has become the center like churches were in the 1960s. Mm. If you remember, churches were the center of everything. Churches supply food. Churches supply education. Churches supply, supply political education. Churches supply activism. Mm -hmm. Remember? Mm -hmm. I mean, that time period between Martin Luther and Malcolm X, mm -hmm. those, those were churches that were the center of everything. Now, the schools are the center, but the, the schools are, I wouldn't say just imperfect, but schools are just not, they don't have the resources to be mm. the center. Mm-hmm. But we made them to be. Right. It's like, you're going to be the center. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, you're going to be the center. And so, yeah, they are. They're the center of everything. I work currently at a community school, which means that we are supposed to supply resources for students when it comes to the whole child. Health, wellness, mental health. Mm-hmm. We have social workers that work there. We have psychologists that work there. We have, you know, screenings, visual, et cetera. And so as a community school, we're providing everything for the children. And I'm not against it, mm -hmm. but we need politicians and the federal government to ensure that they're supplying those resources that's necessary as a hub for everything that a child needs. Mm -hmm. If you don't have those resources, it's not beneficial. It's not beneficial. If you run out of money for breakfast, you, you lose your kids. If you right. run out of funding to pay the psychologist, you only got one psychologist, it's a thousand kids. You know, mm -hmm. it's just not beneficial. Yeah. It's not beneficial. So with schools being the center, we need the resources to ensure that we can continue to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you would hope that the parents would speak up to that, seeing that they rely on the schools for, like you said, everything. Yeah. You would expect the parents to say, hey, you know, my child is in need of this. Because of my situation, I, I'm unable to do it. Help me out. Yeah. You know, I know with the meals now, at least in Virginia, the meals are free for all the kids because of, you know, COVID and the impact it's had on, mm -hmm. on families. And unfortunately for some kids, like the meals they get are the meals they have at school. Yeah, that's it. So yeah. it's it's like with that, like, where is that outcry? Or maybe it has been the outcry, but no one seems to be listening or no one seems to be taking it like, this is what we need. Get it, you know? Yeah. It's real crazy because I have parents that are amazing, mm -hmm. you know? Even if they don't have much, they're amazing because they come to the schools, they support their kids, they try, they, they're in the PTA or they're in the PTO. And then, you know, life happened to them, mm -hmm. you know. But then you also have parents that 
feel as though the school system is a babysitting system, mm-hmm. system that needs to give their children what they need. Mm-hmm. And it's funny to me because you have those two things going all the time. Mm-hmm. So you try not to bottle nose everybody into one category, but I'm very passionate about this, what I'm about to say. Parents are the most essential element of every single school system. Mm-hmm. Everyone. You will never change my mind on this. I've been in meetings with administrators. I've been in meetings with teachers. I've been in meetings with parents. And some people, they don't believe it. They're like, no, no, we don't need the parents. We can still teach the kids. Yes, you are right. Mm-hmm. You can still teach your kids. But it does not mean that they're not essential. Just because you can still teach a kid doesn't mean it wouldn't have been easier if you had that parent mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The parents, once again, and I am a parent, three times a parent that I know of, <laughs> they are the quintessential element that has to be working Mm -hmm. for each child to be successful. And so I feel like data will support this. If you look at schools where parents are involved in their students learning, the grades go up, test scores go up, Mm -hmm. the environment at the school changes where the students, you know, less violent acts, Mm -hmm. less negative interactions, less suspensions, right? Mm -hmm. More opportunities for the students to go out different places, field trips, et cetera, et cetera. Parents, I said, (laughs) are quintessentially the most important element of the school system. They are. And on our end, we need to make sure they know that. Mm -hmm. Like we need you. And then on their end, they need to accept that responsibility. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just a drop off spot. Right. It's not. When they go home, school is still in. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. School is still in. My kids, they know. When you come home and you say, I don't got no homework. (laughs) Bet. You right. You don't got any homework. You got homework. I got my own activity books that you're going to do. That's on your grade level. You're going to do some reading. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gonna do so by the time I get done with you, you're going to save some of that work <laughs> at school and bring, and bring it. it home. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. So our parents, they, yeah, they're very important. And I just hope that every parent that's listening knows that they're important. You're important mm-hmm. to your kids learning. You are important. You have to expose your kids during the summertime. Mm-hmm. School's still in session. Yep. Take your kids places. Get them out the house. Take them places other than the, in the, the swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Take them places. Mm-hmm. Take them to museums. Take them to the botanical gardens. Take them to the White House. Take them out of the state so they can see things, trademarks and wildlife. Because when you do that, you're exposing them. You're teaching them. Then when they come in and they look at something that they've been to right. in the textbook, they're like, oh, snap, I've been there. Mm-hmm. I was standing right there, <laughs> Mr. Burt. Right? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So it, it's so important. I can talk about parents forever. But, yeah, they're important. I, I am one. You're one. Yep. 
Yeah. Right. You know, it's mm-hmm. important. It's yeah, it is important. And I know, um, I mean, I'm not heavily involved in the PTO in, in mm. all that, but as far as it, when it comes to, okay, what is my child doing in school? How is her attentiveness? Is she being disruptive? Mm-hmm. Is she turning in her work on time? Yeah. Is she struggling in any areas? My Lily is perfect. <laughs> Understand what you're talking about. Yeah, no, those are the questions that I have. No, you know, no, we have cool. the parent teacher yeah. conferences, and you know, you're talking to the teacher, she's telling everything that's going on. You know, you just want to make sure that your child is getting everything that they need to get. And if they're struggling anywhere, you want to know that so that you yes. can help them or right. get them help if you are unable to help them in that particular Absolutely. area. And the tighten the t- look, parents that, that tighten teachers up, I love it. It's enjoyable to me. I love having the robust conversations about your child because I'm that parent too. Mm-hmm. I will call the school quickly and say, excuse me, he got this grade. Why? Mm-hmm. Show me the data because when he's at home, he's reading all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. So where are you basing this question? So teachers do like parents to be informed and to challenge us. It's okay to challenge us. Hell, I went to school for I don't know how long for this. So cool, challenge me. Mm-hmm. Yes, I want your child to be just as dope as you want them to be. Mm-hmm. Probably more. Challenge me. It's okay. But do know that we're working together. Right. Don't feel like it's versus. Right. It's not versus. It's always to resolve the issue. Mm-hmm. We're trying to push your child forward. So exactly. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Parents need to know that. Go, go to your school. Hot, if hello, y'all listening, go to your school, find out what your school doing because mm-hmm. it's important. I know pre COVID, they were always doing stuff at the school, you know, mm-hmm. different activities yeah. and events and whatnot. West Virginia, yeah. So we were always yeah. going to a family right. night or mm-hmm. school, at, you know, there's always something going on. But now, because Maryland, of, you listening, <laughs> DC, you listening, because of COVID, you know, they don't want to do any mm-hmm. in-person things because of the possibility of transmission. So you you can only be involved virtually, right. you know, by communicating with the teacher. Like today they had an award ceremony at Aaliyah's school. So we attended virtually to see her accept her awards. But, Shout you, know, out to Lily. <laughs> but you know, as a parent, like you want to be there in person mm-hmm. to snap your pictures and, mm-hmm. and yell and, you know, celebrate them. Yeah, but, be hood. Yeah, right? like yeah. <laughs> and it means like, you're excited, you're proud, but at the same time, they're excited and they're proud too. One, because they met the goal that they set for themselves. Right. And then two, because you're proud of them. Like, right. that's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, some kids can be like, oh, yeah, whatever. But, but no, deep down inside, a, it means a, it lot means a lot for you to be proud of them. Right. So, well, do know that's some of your generation speaking because the kids, they, they're like, yes, mommy was on as long as your face was on there. They can care that you we don't have to be in the auditorium. Right. That's sitting true. around a, a thousand people. <laughs> yes. okay? Look, look, Trey, this is this is how my shout out to my baby. I love my baby. So he is so serene. Okay, here we go. So he says that my honor roll assembly is at 1 30. It's virtual. I'm sending you the link. <laughs> Sends me the link. So that means your butt better be there. I don't care if you're teaching a class. You better, you better be online, right? right? You, better online. <laughs> you better be online. So we were both online, mm-hmm. face-to-face, both online. The next message was, it wasn't, oh, dad, man, I wish it was like in person. No, it was, did you get a picture of my certification <laughs> that was on there? 
So you got to like, we have to start having a mindset of technical babies. Yeah. They're technical babies. So that paper, he don't want that paper. Did you take a, a picture, picture of, of my certification <laughs> so I can post it on social media? I can show my peoples. So it's like our mindset. Yeah. We needed that paper, right? right. My mom still got that paper. It probably, I got some, yep. it probably curled up <laughs> in a day In a photo oh, album somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> but for them, the kids, no, it's the next photo. It's on to the next. So I need to post that photo, put it on social media, and get a bunch of likes, move on to the next. <laughs> That's a little folder for you. Some kid, they don't think about that. I got no. a folder. My folder is like this big with all of their dang on honor roll. You know, the paperwork that right, we did right. pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. All the paperwork I had, the artwork. I got artwork from kindergarten. Don't talk about me. I had I some too, but I had to. I was bored a little bit. You can whisper. They don't, need to know, <laughs> they don't even know you did, that you threw that stuff away. <laughs> I can't tell Kayla. No, I didn't throw anything. I'm lying. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, no. It, yeah, for them, it's just, it's the next thing. They're on to the next thing. There are social media babies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's just, Who were on phones and tablets before they could talk, that's scrolling. It. That's it. No, they move, they moving. <laughs> yeah, they moving. It's amazing. You got to be on the roll with it. You got to roll with it. You got to roll with the punches. We getting old. Yeah. Uh, this make me drink. <laughs> Take a sip. Take a sip. Oh, you know. Oh, okay. So we talked about teachers. We talked about parents. So let's talk about the administration. Lord Jesus. Like, say a prayer. I'm pretty sure that there are areas where there's improvement needed there as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I got my admin one at Towson. Shout out to Towson University. I got my admin one. Mm -hmm. And my teacher, I can't think of her name. I need to start learning her name. Because she was good. She was really good. You know what she told me? I said, I see nothing that you all are teaching me (laughs) in regular schools. Mm -hmm. She says, here at Towson University, she gave a very (laughs) political answer. Here at Towson University, we teach you what should be done Mm. for the future. We don't teach you what has been done. Mm. And I was like, dang. First of all, I was like, dang. Okay. (laughs) I like you, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So as administrators, like I told you before, I've been very lucky to be mentored instructionally and management wise by individuals that are current directors over complete counties and districts, fraternity brothers as well that are associates, superintendents, etc. Mm-hmm. And so I'm lucky. Remember, teaching was just for survival mode. Right. But these brothers and these individuals came into my life as I was teaching and as I was learning the craft. But we have to get back to being community oriented. Mm-hmm. And because of the political edge that administration now has to go through. We're no longer community. I feel as though the administration is going through some of the same things that the police officers are going through. Mm. Where there is a request, a rally call 
to get back to being about the community. Mm-hmm. If you are a officer of, I don't know, whatever city, Timbuktu, that's your city. Mm-hmm. You are an officer for that city. And you need to know the people. You need to involve yourself with positive reinforcement when you're not arresting someone or keeping the community safe. You're finding out where the kids go to school. You're finding out where the hustlers go. You're finding out Mm -hmm. where the parties are. You're finding out whose auntie is who. Mm -hmm. The community police officer. Mm -hmm. Same thing goes for the teacher and the same thing goes for the administrator. Mm -hmm. We have to get back to being a community representative. And I think that once that is done, a lot of what we're going through right now will subside. Mm-hmm. Administrators don't have as many independent. There's levels to it, of course. Administrators, that's a broad definition. It can mean your superintendent right. over the whole district. Right. Or it can mean your local administrator, principal. Right. But if everybody has that community frame of thought, mm-hmm. I think that a lot of our issues will start being resolved. And unfortunately, people, when they get into those positions, it immediately switches to a political position. Mm. I'm in this position to either uphold some of the status quo or to cover up some of the woes that are in the district or in the county. You know, the community, they'll be okay. I have not made that decision to move to administration because of this problem, mm. because of that dichotomy. People always say, and you should be administrator. You should be administrator. You should be administrator. Well, one, it'll take time, energy away from my family, mm-hmm. which is always a problem for me. Three, I'm a community guy. So if my school is here, then 10 mile radius, that's it. I'm going to go start visiting houses. I'm going to the students that are my high flyers. I'm, they're going to get used to me going to their barbecues. Yes. <laughs> Throw me some cars and plan space with your <laughs> uncle. I need to know what's going on with the students that I represent. Mm-hmm. Period. The community person. It needs to go all the way up. I, I hope that our Politicians are listening too because this podcast is so awesome. I know it's going to get to you all, but it got to be about who you represent. When you're a principal, when you're an administrator over a certain district, an area, a city, that's it. You have to be like, you really got to be like focused. Like, mm-hmm. what's it called when you're when you're focused on one? A thing? tunnel vision. Tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. This is my city. I can't think about the elementary school. That's outside of my district. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can only think about the elementary schools that are my feeders. I need to talk to their principals. I need to know what kids are coming to my school. Mm-hmm. I need to know the parents. I need to go to their houses. What do you need? What resources you need? Like, I don't know. I might. It might be some novice. Maybe I'm a novice because I haven't been an administrator. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they have to go through per se. Outside looking in. Right. But I just feel as though that we've lost that. Mm -hmm. The administrators I worked under, 
several of them that I've worked under were about the community. Mm -hmm. They were the type to throw block parties right outside the school. They're the type to give, have barbecues for free, Mm -hmm. feed the community. They're the type to have clothing drives, give the community. They're the type to, before the free breakfast program was even given, they were given free breakfast. They Mm -hmm. were finding ways to ensure that the budget paid for some of the food for kids. I'm like, that's the type of administrator I want to be. So so we have to get back to community. We have to get back to community. We can't solve the world's issues. We're not the president of the United States. Even the president of the United States, I was reading Obama's book, and he's like, his first emotion was to try to solve everything mm-hmm. all at once. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you can't. Yeah. You have to make a priority list and you have to understand that you are the president of the United States first. Mm-hmm. So that tunnel vision, right. you have to make sure that the United States of America is in good shape. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's what we need to do. We got to get back to community. That's for everybody, actually, yeah, too. Yeah, definitely. Right? The parents mm-hmm. can do that yep. as well. Mm-hmm. You know, our community members as well. If your kid's going to a community school, you got to get involved. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be in PTO. You don't have to be in PTA. But know what your school's doing. Right. Stay up with what your school's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Community. So, are they doing well? I don't know. Like I said, COVID has has really taken a lot out of everybody. Everybody's kind of surviving. Right. But I do feel like going forward, we have to focus on our communities, the communities that we've been given, the God-given gift to be responsible for. Yeah. And hopefully others are having these types of conversations Mm -hmm. so that these types of, you know, issues can be discussed and resolutions can be brought about where they, it does come back that community should be our focus. We have to get back. We have to know who our parents are, you know, what our students are doing after school, what other activities or resources can we provide to assist our students, our parents, the community as a whole. So yeah, just hoping that others are having these conversations too. So what advice would you give to teachers that are starting to begin their career? One, make sure you are true to yourself. Content is important. I'm always a musician. I don't care what they threw at me. When I was teaching English, we went over poetry just so I can have my creative. I can still be creative. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. so you have to feed what you are. Don't let nobody tell you that, oh, you can't teach that or you can't do that because if it's who you are, it's who you are. Mm -hmm. It's who you are. You are a part of the community. So whatever school you are at, you need to figure out what that community needs. Mm -hmm. Just teaching in the building is not enough. Mm -hmm. You need to learn what those kids go through. You need to learn what the socioeconomic atmosphere is like you need to find out what the parents need and at least for your 30 no teacher has like 30 kids but unless you're elementary but for the amount of kids that you have you need to find out or figure out what the bulk of those kids are going through right i will also say as a new teacher to always same thing lifelong learning Mm. so once you start teaching. That's not it. 
Mm-hmm. You're not, oh, I'm good. No, you're not good. <laughs> There's a recertification process, yes, that the county requires, but you should surpass that. Mm-hmm. Always get into a class, at least one class a year, so that you're always moving forward. You're always crafting yourself to be the best. Right. And then lastly, move on when it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. I'm from the generation of loyal. We're still loyal. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. We want to work somewhere. We want to work somewhere. We get to the job and I want to work here 25 years. I'm retiring. Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Right. But this generation is, I want to work somewhere. And if it's not cool, I'll just work somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep. So it's different, mm-hmm. but okay, cool. But if you do that, just make sure it's a progressive move. Right. Don't move into something that's worse. Mm-hmm. I asked somebody today who announced that they were leaving the school. And I said, was this your own? Was this a decision that you made? Mm-hmm. And they say, yes, this is a decision I made. So, okay, good. So the administrator didn't make it for you. Cool. And is it better? What's better about it? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm getting paid 30K more. Okay, well, bye then. <laughs> Yep. Sounds great to me. Sounds great to me. So always move forward. Mm -hmm. Don't move into something that's unilateral. In education, unilateral moves suck. Mm -hmm. It's terrible. It's unnecessary. Mm -hmm. You're making a unilateral move. So why did you move? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. It needs to be progressive. Not just for money. It could be, for instance, another uh, co-worker of mine left because she could be five miles away from her house. Mm, yeah. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. You can be around your kids. Right. You can pick them up. You can go to work. You can come back home and you can wake up late. So it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Right? You know what I'm saying? You <laughs> set your alarm to 10 minutes before. Right. You know, brush your teeth on the way. So it's beautiful. So whatever it is, make sure it's progressive. Yeah. 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 So new teachers, I hope you take heed of that advice, take it to heart and use it as you press on in your teaching career. Mm -hmm. I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on and having this conversation with me. No, you did good. You did good. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Education is an essential part of our lives, whether being educated in school, home, church, etc. Each foundation plays an integral part in the shaping of our lives. This is a tremendous responsibility. Therefore, the administration should actively listen to the needs and concerns of their educators. Educators should be provided with the resources, funding, and support needed to fulfill their responsibilities. Parents should support their students as well as their educators. Parents should have the confidence and security that their child's educator has their best interests at heart, and the educator should have the confidence and security that the parent is going to ensure that their child is actively engaged and focused, meaning participating in class, doing and turning in their work, attentive during class, etc. We are all a team and we came together and if we came together and worked as one, the education system and most importantly our children would be in a much better place. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. I hope something was said that uplifts your day. In the event no one else has told you today, you are beautiful, you are loved and you're worth it. 
Until next time. It's all good, it's okay. Sometimes we make mistakes here and there. We regret the choices that we made. Luckily, we get to break and reap the benefits of decisions we decide by chance or enlightenment. By one step at a time, we'll conquer this. Talk it over, vocalize, discuss our problems. The solution resides sometimes in conversation. We had someone packing this baggage is advantageous. These here are our choices. Sometimes we can't avoid it, but at times we enjoy it. Other times we're up with these choices.